Hello. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall audience. So you guys know that I've, I've been talking about how I joined TikTok and I did not know that it was like the land of milk and honey when it came to making new connections and meeting these genuinely awesome people that have the same mission that I do. So today we're, we actually have a guest that I met on TikTok and I immediately, I was like, yo, who is this dude? he know about soul parenting like he looks too cool to be in this genre but today we're talking to anthony johnson anthony is a co-parenting coach and a leadership consultant right after this dance break i'm gonna tell you all about mr anthony johnson i know i'm crazy i know i'm crazy i know i'm doing crazy I'm crazy. Co-parenting coach and leadership consultant Anthony Johnson is a proud native of Buffalo, New York. What up, New York? He obtained his Bachelor of Arts degree in multidisciplinary studies from West Virginia University. His minor is in entrepreneurship and leadership studies. It makes him a strong advocate for personal growth and leadership development. 18 years of military service. Anthony, you do not look like you are old enough to have been in the military for 18 years. But after 18 years of military service, it provided Anthony with the opportunity to train and mentor hundreds of our military service members. As the current owner of Continuous Journey LLC, Anthony strives to change the lives as a co-parenting coach and leadership consultant. That's a great mix, by the way, Anthony. He recently served as a sexual assault response coordinator for the Air National Guard, where he worked to change the culture surrounding sexual misconduct. He also assumes an active role within the community. He accomplishes this by sitting on the board of directors for the Family Resource Network and Advisory Council for Support Pay. He actively speaks in local schools, mentors, and coaches youth football. Jeez, you are busy, Anthony. Anthony believes the success of the future lies within the next generation, and it's our job as parents and members of the community to guide them. Everybody, let's give Anthony an I Know I'm Crazy round of applause. So, Anthony, welcome. Welcome today. How are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's just a pleasure to be on. And I'm lucky. I'm glad we made this connection on TikTok. Like you said, it's such a it's such a good place to just make some genuine connections. I didn't know that it was it was like all this. My social media manager forced me to get on TikTok because I was like, dude, one another social media network, really? But I'll say this since I, you know, I I guess I would have never had a way. You have a big Instagram and Facebook presence as well, but you know, TikTok is, it felt more genuine. And I love what you talk about. Too. Oh man, if it's, it's super genuine. I've made, I feel like I made my most genuine connections on TikTok and I'm not like a yeah. social media guy, really. Like I'm, I'm an introvert actually. Oh, your numbers of, are big. I don't know, Anthony, your numbers well, say different. Well, I mean, it's, it's slowly growing like my TikTok, especially, but like, I think there's so many people who care about the topic of co-parenting, right? There's a lot of people who are struggling right now trying to maintain a, a positive co-parenting relationship and what and what's more important than your children right so that's the thing people care about most and it's really really hurting people right now heck yeah so i have a question though um how are you meshing your co-parenting expertise with your leadership consulting like do the two kind of mush and mend into one another can you play off one of the other absolutely 100 percent. Well, because I feel like being a father is my biggest leadership role, right? Mm. So it, 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 it just organically ties in. Whenever I go and do a, a presentation or a workshop about leadership, I always include anecdotes and little stories from me being a father. 
right? Mm-hmm. And how I manage um, my children and how I parent my children, how I lead them. So co- being a parent, a mother, a father is the ultimate leadership role. I feel like yeah. it fits in perfectly. It's, 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 it's almost easy to, to yeah. mesh it in together. That's true. Being a leader has so many um, moving parts. One, I was, I'm reading um, this book right now. It's called My Grandmother's Hands. I highly recommend it. If you okay. are ready to be triggered for any human being out there, I don't care where you're from or how old you are. One of the things that he stresses in the book, he's like, we don't own our children. Mm. And one of the things that I see with when we have co-parenting conflict, which is what I specialize in Mm. and is also what you teach and how to resolve it. I see people that really think that they own these little beings by means of control. How would you speak to that statement? We don't own our kids. We we don't. I was, I will first say, I agree with that. Right. Like, and I saw, I've seen a quote, I haven't read that book, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, a quote that says, right. Our parent, our kids don't come from us. They come through us. Mm. Right. Yes. And yes. like, it is not my job. And I used to, and I struggled with this, you know, because my son is my, so I have two children. Um, you know, my son is 10 and my daughter's, my daughter just turned nine. They're 16 months apart. And my daughter is a lot like me. Right. Very calm, just chill, relax. We enjoy the same things. We, my son, polar opposite. He's just like, he's wild. He's emotional. He's impulsive. You know, everything. Like me. <laughs> like all the things that I didn't. Me and I him will get along. Right. All the things that I didn't identify with, you know, personally. Right. And I found myself like trying to, in certain instances, trying to make him more like me because mm. it just, because it made me more comfortable. Right. It's and easier it more, too. And it was more manageable for me. Right. Instead of, and then over my, as my evolution as a parent and, and, and growing, right. I had to see like, Oh, that is not, what am I doing here? Like I need to cultivate who he is. Right. And just, and let him be who he is and showing that he's loved and accepted no matter who he is. I don't need him to be like me. I don't want him to be like me. Right. Um, because all he's going to do is feel like he's not loved for who he is. Mm. So, so no, I like, they do not, he does not belong to me. I do not, I do not get to dictate who he becomes, right? I get to guide, my job is to guide him on this journey of whoever he wants to be, right? So no, mm. he does not belong to me at all. He belongs I to I don't get to dictate who he becomes. So that kind of, let's segue into my next question. Mm. When we think of co-parenting, especially conflict, there is dictatorship that happens. It's one parent thinking that their opinion or their perspective is more important or holds more weight than the other parent Anthony how the heck if you if you not saying you but if a person Mm -hmm. that's listening to this has a co-parent that does think that they're they are the more important parent so that means they are trying to dictate many things including uh the other parent's relationship with the child and who the child is going to become how are you supposed to get through to a counter parent what are you supposed to say to them what do you do Oh, he, he he had to right? sigh. I had to sigh too. <laughs> because this is so there's this is so, so situational. And, and let's, let's talk about let's talk about for dealing with a, a, a genuine genuine generally healthy individual. Right. Let's start okay. there. Like okay. if we're not dealing with somebody who is like proven to be like narcissist, right? Mm-hmm. So because sometimes there's no reasoning with these people. All right. But if you have somebody who is a reasonable person normally, um one, you have to let go, right? One of the first thing mm. you have to do is you got to let go. You got to let go. And oh, that's a lot of internal work. So you're just making us do internal work. You, you got, well, you got to, and that's, that's where you go. You have to do, you have to do the internal work, 
All right. So if you are a parent, uh, no matter who, if you're not a parent, you got to do the, do the internal work. So yeah. one of my jobs as a parent is to make sure like we all have been through things as, as kids growing up. Like I've been through, through traumatic experience. I grew up in a rough neighborhood. I've seen some traumatic stuff. I've been through a lot. So one of my jobs as a father is to not let my mess do it. Can, you, can we cuss on this podcast? Not, you not, can, not. yeah, because it's called I Know I'm Crazy. So you okay. can say whatever all you want to. All right. So, all right. I, I, you know, <laughs> I want to be mindful of your Go and cuss. Say, right, so cuss. Look, my job as a father is not to let my shit spill over onto my kids. Right. <laughs> so that yeah. means whatever shit that I, I, I had to deal with growing up and unresolved trauma. Right. I got to deal with that so it doesn't spill over onto my kids. So first of all, if you know, but that means you are a healthy centered person then, you know, working at it every day, right. To, so your job is to deal with that, heal that trauma, whatever you got going on. If you know you're a control freak, go, go to therapy and figure out how you can work that out. Right. Because one of the things that that's so subjective when it comes to co-parenting is what best for the child. Right. So subjective. it can be yes. very subjective in certain in a lot of cases. Right. So even something something like bedtime. Right. Like if I if I say we need to put the kids to bed at 930 and you put them to bed at 10. Right. And and there's parents who believe like, you know what, if you can't get them on a proper schedule, then maybe they need to be at my house more often because Ooh. of, you know, because of the yeah. half hour, because you because I think 930 is best and you think 10 is OK. 10, 15. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So, so though, if you're going to keep trying to fight those little battles, you're going to lose. You're going to make co-parenting very difficult. Some things you got to let go. Right? If you are a normal, balanced person, so what you're saying, and we're talking to balanced people here. We're going to talk to the imbalanced people because a lot of y'all are imbalanced that listen to this podcast too. Y'all know it because I get your emails and your DMs. Um, <laughs> but if you're, an, if you're a person that's able to center themselves and you see that a lot of the conflict is coming because you disagree with how the other person runs their home. And it's not necessarily harming your child, meaning your child is not going to be traumatized by this extra hour or two mm. hours difference in your home and your co-parents home. Mm. Then you need to find a resource so that you can um, deal with it better. Right. Mm. What are, aside from therapy, like what are some resources where a person that's balanced mm where can where can we go to be like yo i know i'm tripping besides this podcast and besides anthony's uh tiktok <laughs> besides this podcast <laughs> besides my TikTok. so there are one of the things that i encourage people to do is is join like you can join join facebook groups right yeah because, it's like, free there's, there's a lot of free facebook groups for motherhood for fatherhood there's a you know i do a show every tuesday tuesday evening with the father's rights movement um i have a Facebook group for co-parenting fathers. All right. And get some, in, get some other, get some input from other people who are experiencing the same thing that you are. Right. Because mm-hmm. there is a community, there's a whole community of people who are going through this. You are not the only one. And mm. I feel like that is the most simple and free and basic resource that you can find is like a Facebook group. Well, you True. can just put your story out there like, hey, can I get it? Hey, hey who's going through this? Because I, I promise you, if you're going through something, somebody is is definitely willing to comment on it and give you some some input. And if you're fairly healthy, so, and like you said, you mentioned healthy people because I think that's important. If you're a fairly healthy person and you have some level of emotional intelligence, you're able to discern, like you're able to take comments and input and things like that and be able to feel it, figure out what works for you and what and what doesn't 
right? And what yeah. makes sense and what doesn't. And you also you also have to have your your people in your life, right? Like I think that you don't have to go to me or it or you as a coach. Like you can go to anybody who's a coach. Get a coach. Yes, please. You don't have to come to us, but therapy is beautiful. Coaches are amazing, but yeah, I do. I mean, I'm kind of biased. Like, get a coach. I'm, I'm, I'm a little biased too. I think therapy is great. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, yes. I think what what I do as a coach is it gives me a little bit more freedom, a little bit more leeway, it right? Does. To like, I'm like, I'm I'm just as a coach, I'm just as invested in this as you are, mm-hmm. right? Like, in your in your mission and in your success of being a good co-parent, a, a, the best version of yourself, I'm just as committed, right? So like, yeah. you know. I'm not I'm not texting my therapist at like 6 p.m. right some yeah. of my clients are tech you know some of my clients I'm available to some of my clients at 6 p.m. outside is uh, hey look can, can we hop on the phone real quick like yeah you know, so I do that for my clients all right so yeah like, you know you know Anthony I know a lot of therapists um there's actually a therapist that works for at my coaching agency um but I know a lot of therapists that are opting for coaching because of the flexibility because when I was in therapy, it's cool if I'm going to meet you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. But then what happens when life smacks me in the face on Saturday or Monday? Mm-hmm. You know, just having like I do the same thing with my clients. Like you have access to me because I care. Once I stop quit caring, that's when I'll quit. Absolutely. But I really like I really give it. I've gone to court with my clients. I've typed emails for them religiously, you know, so mm-hmm. I see what you mean. What's your and I wasn't even going to ask you this, but I now since you brought it up, I want to know. So like, what is your like your coaching process when you get somebody to come in they reach you from one of your your channels do you assess to see can you work is this person coachable and are you the right person for them how does it go what's your process so yeah i definitely have to assess right if we if we're right for each other because some people are coming for something that i cannot give them right so and i'm not going to i'm not going to bu- bullshit you right so if you come into me like some like i just had a consultation um last week and uh-huh. it was a woman who's like what can I do basically what can I do to convince the other p- person right that they need to kind of get on board with what I want to do all right like okay. and I'm like well you can't really I don't know if I can help you convince somebody to do what you want right what I can what I can <laughs> yeah. do is we can you know I can give me your situation let me tell me what's going on um yeah. everything about um you know what you want to accomplish and let's see if that's doable because yeah like if, you, if your job is to just like get the other person on board with what you're doing then that's not i can't help you do that mm, um, okay so, so i mean I, yeah not everybody needs there's a coach out there that would definitely take that person's money and give them the run around to make them think that they can control another human being there's right. a coach out there that would there is it. a culture out there and mm. The, there's another you know she was also like okay well we might have to go to court and I don't want to go to court and okay and I'm telling now and I'm telling she's like well what can I do to avoid court and okay. I'm like finding some more details about her situation I'm like we could I can help you figure out how to make sure you're managing the conversation that you're having and everything that's going on right now managing it the best way possible but yeah. I cannot assure you that you will, you can avoid, you're going to be able to avoid court. Are you able, or have you ever had situations where you have a client and they're like, listen, can you just talk to my co-parent or that other party for me? Have you done that? 
Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't, I have not, you know what? There's been not yet, which is because usually when somebody contacts me, the person who contacts me is a person who wants to do, they're willing to work. They usually. Yeah, they're flexible. They, you know, at this point, they don't want to fight anymore, but they maybe don't know the process by which to, to find peace. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the, I came close once, but it wasn't like, usually the other person does not want to talk to me. Right. So they, they, Especially if you're from the person that they don't like, they're like, oh, I trust you I'm talking to you. Right. So, uh, and what I tell people is like, I, I'm willing to do whatever, right. Is best for the situation. If yes. they want to have a conversation with me, I will gladly have a conversation with the other party. If at some point we're going through this coaching process and they want to get on board, let's bring them on board. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but they, but I'm not going to do the work for you. All right. And I'm not going to do it in a way that you want me to do it. Um, Cause I had a, I had a client that said, Hey, can we get him on the call? And we want like the first coaching call. I want to get him on the first coaching call. And I said, well. Does he want to be on the call? Right. Does he want to be on a call? Does, does he right. know who you are? Yeah. And, and, and I'm not willing to, if he, I would prefer in that situation to talk to you both separately so I can hear each side of the story separately and not yes. you both be on the phone and like it become like right. this I'm a mediator in this situation in the first call mm-hmm. so I'm gonna do it in the, the the best way possible so you have to make sure that person is willing to even get on the phone with you which is hard <laughs> does your partner share kids with a loony are your stepkids driving you up a wall is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries well VIP stepmom is where you need to be we're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmoms, that's you and me. As you know, right, a big part of coaching is we, I, I have to develop a, we have to develop some trust here, right? And, Absolutely. And, you know, and even though you're my client, like I want the best for the situation. So I, if the other parties involved, they need to trust me as well that I'm looking mm-hmm. out for the, I'm a neutral party in this. I'm not just on this. I'm not just, I'm not this person's lawyer who's trying to get the best. <laughs> and that is baby. hard. That That's so difficult. Um. Because they come to you, if they are willing, thing that I find that they are willing to talk to the coach, then the other person has paid, you know, we're hired by someone that they are in uh, conflict with. So it automatically looks like you're representing that other person. And it is kind of difficult to get them to believe that you're a neutral party when they haven't, they didn't find you and they're not financing the thing. So that's the hard part. I've had, um... One oh god, I've had it happen more than a few times when like Naja, you know, I really want this person. Can you help us? And I'm like, all right, bro, let me just go ahead and do it. I've had some pretty good experiences and I've been cussed out. Oh, well, okay. not all the way, because y'all know I'll hang up so fast. I'd be like, girl, you know what? No, you're not ready. Or I understand why you're upset. You know, clearly I'm not the person. Uh, this is the incorrect way. Um, and then I've had some instances where I'm like, I've been able to tell my client, you are literally dealing. And because I do have a therapist, like there's a licensed therapist that's able to diagnose because I needed that because 
coaches. Uh, I'm not the type of coach that is licensed to diagnose. I've just, right. I just own like all the DSMs and I've read every fuck. Oops. Uh, <laughs> why did I say oops on my own podcast? Like I'm uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm not going to edit that out. Like I haven't read everything that you guys have on what makes a person a borderline or a narcissist, but I've been able to tell people like, listen, baby Bob, you're this person that you sent me to reach out to. They definitely talk to me. However, they are keenly disordered. Mm-hmm. And if I was a betting woman, I would say they are a narcissist or I say they BPD. However, I am not licensed to say that to you, but just mm-hmm. understand if I couldn't get through to them, um, like, you know, you guys are going to have your day in court, you know, so I've ha- I have had that experience. Yeah. And sometimes people just need to know, listen, it's not you. You are not the crazy one. You have a co-parent that is gaslighting you and will do everything they, in their power to hurt you, even if that means harming the child. So, yeah. 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 Oh, so I have a question for you. Am I allowed to ask questions? Oh, yeah, you can ask, podcast? This is a conversation. Of no, course you can. You can ask me anything you want. It's about to be my podcast. I'm going to ask some questions. Look, <laughs> when you, <laughs> so, so, okay, how do you make, how do you balance, right? How do you find the balance when it comes to, right? So there's clearly a lot of people who are dealing with uh, other party who's a narcissist, right? I know you just mentioned, right? You, okay, you're not the crazy one. Right. But there are but there are some people who are dealing with narcissism who also has their own. They got their own stuff, too. They got a little bit of crazy in them, too. Right. So how do you how do you find that balance with your clients to be like, okay, this person is crazy on the other side. They got some stuff they need to deal with. But okay, honey, here's let me tell you what you you got some stuff you need to work on. too. That's why I call this podcast. I know I'm crazy because I, too, know I realize I am such an imperfect woman. Um, I've had some very skewed perspectives. I've had to ask for forgiveness more times than I can count. Um, I give love away freely, but I also know none of us made it out of childhood. Okay. We all walked away with some, something for some of us, that's abandonment issues. For some of us, we were treated poorly. So we had to develop the coping mechanisms, which gives us the traits of a narcissist. Mm. meaning I've been so hurt that I'm not listening to other people. And I always know I'm right. And it makes you appear to be a narcissist. When a person comes to me though, for coaching, that means they found trust in my voice. They deem me, and I'm using air quotes for those of you that are listening. They deem me as somewhat an authority and the person that's going to help them solve the problem. I also say the people that come to me, Anthony, um, it's not a specific race, age, anything. They are just, um, they're not very simple-minded bitches and dudes. They're some very complex thinkers. So if I say, hey, let's kind of dial it back because I see you have a pattern of handling this type of conflict by lashing out. Mm -hmm. Let's, Let's talk about this pattern of lashing out. Why do you do that? And then they'll literally get into a story that more than likely goes back to childhood or some sort of, um, some sort of derogatory experience that they've had that makes them Mm -hmm. react this way and i'll say see you're you're acting from a place of trauma right and i'll say to some people they would give this type of trauma that you have a name i do have some clients that i have said sweetheart i've studied borderline personality um in and out both personally and professionally you need to go speak to a therapist because i think you might need to get a diagnosis i'm gonna tell you this anthony i've not been wrong one time and, you know, just depend. like some some people would say borderline and these diagnoses don't mean a thing anymore. And guys, they might be proven that they're trash. 
because mm-hmm. we do know when they made up these different diagnoses, they the test subjects were white males, affluent mm-hmm. white males. Mm-hmm. Um, so people like me and you and women were not included when they were getting when they were naming these diagnoses. So I mean, they could be wrong. They could be off, you know, totally off mm-hmm. base. So when I have a client come in, I'm like, they already know that they trust me. And I, like you said, you and I, Anthony, we build rapports with our client. Right. And I say, okay, so straight up, let me tell you, are you ready for this? And I always give it to them. <clears throat> Grandma said, you give um, two doses of sweet with the bitter. So when she would make me have Robitussin, she would like give me a little bit of honey with it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give them two things that I love about them. And I'll say, this is something that I've noticed though. I have noticed that you contribute to the conflict by doing this. And at that, by that point, they trust me enough. I've butted them up enough. So they'll listen. Yeah, they'll listen. And if they fight me back, they might get mad for 20 minutes, but I'm like, you paying me and Mm -hmm. I'm invested in this. So Mm -hmm. we're going to keep talking through this. That's it. That's what I do. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And they can, and they get to, and they get to witness uh, live and in person, what healthy conversation looks like and like what healthy disagreement looks like. All those It doesn't always feel good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I feel like you it, it it speaks so much to what we've been talking about to and this was something I wanted to mention earlier when it comes to people trying to control their kids and like saying like okay my kids belong to me and like the, the when you give up control the less the it's the it's less likely that your kids are going to have the same trauma that you had right because mm. I feel like our parents were trying to control us out of fear right because yes. like, they didn't know no better like yes. out of fear of how he's going to turn out, what was going to happen to us. And like, my job as a parent is to let my kids, especially if I'm in a healthy place, I'm, it's good if my kids are going through stuff. It's good if they're experiencing like hardships in life. Cause now they got me to guide you are them their through guide. It. Yes. Right? You, they got you know, me now. Yes. I was at the playground the other day um, with one of my girlfriends and her two kids. And these two little girls, they love climbing the monkey bars. Like they'll go up 20 feet and they don't care that there's concrete underneath just waiting to crack their heads. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a helicopter parent person, mm-hmm. like uh, friend, like whatever, auntie. And so I'm seeing them and I was like, girl, she was like, Naja, you know, it's not safe for them. I've told them so many times. And she did tell them to come down to a safe place to where if they would have fallen from six feet, they're not going to crack anything. Yeah. Um, but she was like, I got to let them fall. She was mm-hmm. like, the world is waiting for them. And while they're in my care, if they fall here, I can I can show them how to bounce back and develop resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She was like, you know, it's so hard for me to not butt in, but they have to have their experiences. They have to. So here's a question I have for you, because I see a lot of mothers, um, you know, like you said, go join the groups so you can get perspectives. What I did when I first started having a blended family conflict, I was like, I want to see the the uh, perspective of the person, the person's group, rather, not that particular person. But I was like, let me just go somewhere where women might have her same perspective. They see themselves as struggling single mothers. Yeah. And so I started to join the groups just to see like what their perspectives were. Like, how do they see the world? Um, so that I could maybe understand. So one thing that that helped me to do was to take myself out of it and be like, Naja, you are not centered in this person's experience. Mm-hmm. You don't have a place here. But then that's my question for you is how do you, and I'm going to next, of course, I'm going to ask you about your, your situation, but yeah. how do you make it so that you 
are able to see the other person's experience without harming yourself? Well, to, you say to see the other person's experience without harming yeah, yourself. Yeah, like how do you get their perspective? You're your co-parent or someone that you are helping as far as being a coach. You know, you want to show them that, listen, you aren't really centered in other people's experiences. Like me, Naja over here, I'm not centering Anthony's experience, Anthony's day. Um, but I want to understand it. Mm-hmm. So then how do you, and let's just speak of co-parents here. How do you have and develop a better question? How do you develop empathy and compassion for a co-parent that gives you a hard time? Well, if you can, all right, so like I have to replace, like some of us know that we are, like when it comes to being a parent, especially with co-parents, we get, we can be really judgmental. Right. I think a yeah. lot of people know, they know that when they can be judgmental. And it's like, whenever I do a workshop, I'm talking to people I'm like, you, you have to be able to replace judgment with curiosity and compassion. Like whenever okay. I have a- Curiosity whenever, and compassion. Okay. Right. Because you, we are a sum total of our experiences. You got to this perspective and this point in your life based on your experiences. So I need to learn I need to come from a place of learning. I need to, I need to seek to understand before I seek to be understood. Right. Always. Yes. All right. So, okay. because, so here's, so let me give you an example of what, I, what I'm talking about when I'm talking about curiosity and compassion. So I did a, um, one of my workshops that I do at a university is on crucial conversations, right. In a diverse group. Um, so I did a crucial conversations on the air force base that I worked on, that I used to work on predominantly white male pilots right um and we talked about race it was shortly after the george floyd thing happened we mm-hmm. talked about race we talked about white privilege we talked about all these things i'm the only black person in the room i'm leading this mm-hmm. discussion and everybody was kind of like i had a i had a white counterpart white male who started off the conversation like he was he, we were co-leading it and he was like he was trying to tell everybody in the room why they should be listening and to what what black people have to say and why they need to understand like black lives matter and why and like they were very like okay but it's until good, and you know that's not a good way to people get people to care about your plight tell them why not, nobody, hear that shit. nobody yeah. I t- what i'll tell you what got them to open up what's was that when i got when i became curious about their experience yes right? so yes how many people I'm, I'm asking a room full of white predominantly white male or some white female white women in there as well Raise your hand if you've been called racist and you felt like it was totally like out of pocket. Like who's been called racist in this room? And like, like what? everybody probably raised their All hand. Seventy five percent of the room raise a hand. Yeah. Like who, who's been called racist? Like, like no, mm-hmm. I've been called racist. Like I'm not. I'm not racist. And they're like, like dude, but I'm not racist. I got black friends. I donated to NAACP. Right. Tell right. me about that. Tell me about that. All right. Tell me. Tell me what that felt like. All right. Tell me. Tell me about your experience being called racist and yeah. you know you're not a racist. Like, and they, and then they all got to share their experience and like, okay, well, now let me tell you. So now with, now it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. I'm trying to understand this person. I'm coming from a place of understanding and not judgment, just curiosity. Yes. Yes. Cause I feel like when you call somebody racist, number one, now I got to defend myself. Mm -hmm. Now I have to defend my stance and tell you why I am not. So I'm not in a place to hear um, and receive anything definitely not in a place to learn because now i'm defending myself to be like mm-hmm. i'm not a freaking racist right. so like you're saying you opened up dialogue so going back to the question 
sounds like we a lot of us need to open up some internal dialogue with ourselves too. Some internal dialogue and also understanding that this is not me versus you. This is not a battle of who's the best parent of this is oh us. God. This is us versus any issue that arises. So when you said you was going to ask me about my situation, when we first split, this was years ago, right? My yeah. kids were, you know, I would go into her apartment and like, I'd be looking at like the dishes piled up and I'm like, I'm like, well, you need to like, come on, you need to clean up in here. Like what is going on? Ooh, like, no, kid, you did not. I know listen, you I didn't. Acting a damn fool. Right. Oh, like not, I, you will go. You gonna get the hell up out of here. That's right. So you gonna wash them. Like, come on. Like, we need to. Like, come on. Can we get clean in here? Like, it's like oh that's my what God, happens. I'm gonna... Right. Like this, but this was me. Right. I'm not gonna come here and tell. Like, paint this picture. I've been the best co-parent ever since the beginning of time. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was on some shit too. You, you was on some bullshit. I was on some, I was on some bullshit. Right. Instead of <laughs> instead of instead of being like, yo, this is the mother of my children and my 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 kids live here. This is a stressful time for both of us. When I come yeah. in here, how about I come in and like I do the dishes, mm. right? Like how about I come in and I help clean up? And mm-hmm. because it's, it's let not me be me the solution you. instead right. of bringing up problems. Let me just get to work. I love action. And, and, do something. And let, and let me be vulnerable as well when it comes to like because right when you're doing your own turn, internal work, like instead of like me and her would be sitting at a baseball game or something, you know, one of my son's mm-hmm. baseball games, and let me be open about what I need to improve. Because, you know, and I started having those conversations with her instead of never pointing the finger. Like I stopped pointing the finger at all. Like this is mm-hmm. not about what you need to do like better and like that I'm like I'm perfect. Because yeah. here's what I want to do. You know what? I've been I've been wanting to make I've been wanting to make sure I feed the kids like more healthy meals. I noticed we've been going out to eat too much um fast food or whatever after the games or after practices you know i want to make sure i'm keeping up with the laundry and things like that those are some things i'm i'm i plan on working on i would have these conversations with my kid's mother like while we sitting at a baseball game you know yeah practice and like and only wow that sounds like so healthy damn like it wasn't always that way though right like it's exactly it's it's, i think it's healthy right because it's it's us versus a problem like let's let's work together let me learn you gotta repeat that you it's us versus what it's us versus the problem right or us versus the situation or the the whatever it is it's Mm -hmm. us versus it um anything that's combating like uh, you know coming at our children or or our relationship it's us yeah. versus that because we always, always, always going to be a team, no matter what. Now, you are speaking to two centered, balanced people that realize that they have a shared goal. They are not enemies. They are not um, opposing mm-hmm. members of opposite teams. You literally have the same goal, just which is to raise two healthy, productive members of society. Um, so then what made you start your mission what made you start speaking to co-parents i, I want to know kind of the backstory because everybody knows my backstory my everybody knows my backstory was baby drama fighting <laughs> ratchet <laughs> it was hardships that kind of led that. me to the oh yeah uh, it was hardships that led me to mine but then i kind i want to know like what what started your mission your passion like well you know they say you know when you can find something that you love to do and get paid for like that's the sweet spot right that's where you want to be yes so yes the, i've always been most passionate about being a father right yeah Since I, so you know i didn't have my father wasn't around and so okay when i was a kid i couldn't wait to have kids because i wanted to show them what a father was supposed to be mm. and so i hear a lot of 
people, men and women that grew up without, um, you know, one of their parents say the very same thing. It's like, and you guys become exemplary mothers and fathers because you give, you become that which you did not have. Right. I guess it's a way to reparent yourself too. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, you're good. You're good. And it, in a way, it's like, it's like if you ever heard that quote, like you ask two sons, like, you know, you know, two people who are brothers and you ask one's an alcoholic and one's not. Right. Like you ask one, like, Hey, you know, why, why you drink so much? And I saw my dad was an alcoholic. You ask the other one, why, you, well, how come you never drink? Cause my dad was an alcoholic. Yes. Right. It's like, yes, it, you, it, it can go, it can go either way. Right. Yeah. And, um, I got, I started doing leadership consulting, right? Like military background. Um, I've always been in leadership roles, you know, captain, those are my sports teams and things like that. Always been in leadership roles. And so that was my thing. I'm like, man, I'm heavy. I love leadership. But like I said, whenever I would What's talk about sign? it. What's your sign? I always ask people, I don't, I don't believe Scorpio. in astrological stuff. You are what? Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay. I don't know too much about Scorpios. So I'm okay. like, that's fire, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not a big on astrology either. No, like, I'm, I'm not either. I guess, you know, I'm we a, had an astro- astrologist on the podcast not too long ago and it was so good. I was like, oh, I need to like get more into this, but I, now I'm just in such a habit of asking people their signs, but I don't okay. know too much about it anyway. So, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Sign, I mean, I know about mine. Cause I Google mine. I know about mine and my husband's and like people that get on my nerves, but mm-hmm. I don't know any Scorpios uh, like that. Okay. I don't know any Scorpios like that. But I'm sure you guys out there listening do. So if y'all, you know, if y'all get to this point, um, DM me, DM me and send me some stuff about Scorpio so I can know. Yeah. Please <laughs> let me know. Let me know what they say. And let me know if they, yeah. whatever they get, whatever vibe they get from me, let me know if it's accurate. Yeah. Know. See if it's, it fits the stuff that we've all Googled. So then you were saying that you were in the leadership classes and um, you had all these, you were taking on all these leadership. So you're a natural leader anyway. Yeah. I felt like I was a natural leader. And so right? As I said earlier, parenting being my big, most important leadership role. And I see a lot of people struggling with this. And let me, and in my presentations and stuff, I'm always talking about fatherhood and how, mm-hmm. you know, in regards to leadership. So let me do something that I love and that I'm passionate about and help other fathers, other mothers who are going through these situations. Cause like, yeah. you, like you read in my bio, like the kid, they're our future. They're, they're the key to the future. They're our future politicians, our future leaders. And, you know, so we got to mold them, uh, you know, do our best to guide them in the right direction. What's more important? Have you ever had your co-parent on your TikTok or your, your Tuesday talks? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, that's a, that's an interesting question. And I, I think I'm gonna keep, I may keep that separate. I don't know. I may or may not. We'll see. It may be yeah. in the future, but I haven't yet. I'm not opposed to it. Um, yeah. I had, I had a, I thought about doing, I took a little break from actually social media for a minute and I'm, I'm about Good. to get back on it this week. Cause I, I just, I'm like I said, I'm an introvert and um Good. you know social media it, a lot, it like it drains me. Even after I do a presentation, like I'm drained afterwards. I need to go, I need everybody want to go hang out. I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna go back to my hotel. Yeah. Um, you gotta recharge and reboot. And, yeah, I uh, understand. And they don't know this, but I took a picture of so my fiance and uh my kid's mom, we were at a soccer game yesterday, and I took it, they were sitting next to each other and they were talking. And she had her new baby right there. And, and my fiance had her three-year-old um, there. And I took a picture of them and I was going to post like something about it on my TikTok about like co-parenting, like how, yeah, know, here's my, this is my past and this is my future. Like, but they're here, you know. You so, better not call that woman your past, but she can be like, I got your kids. I wasn't going to say past. I was actually thinking, it's funny you say that. Cause I, 
I'm like, I can't use that word. When I said that, no, I was you saying to myself, I was like, <laughs> I said, like, I got to At least you have the introspection to be like, nah, let me not. Because I understand what you're trying to say, but you're like, nah. Mm-hmm. But that's um, that's like an, an exemplary example of a beautiful blended family. And some sort of way you've been able, you have a healthy co-parent and you have a healthy fiance and these two women understand you being the man in the middle. Uh, ooh, which we talk a whole lot about because man in the middles you got oh, they really be bullshit and dropping a ball sometimes and making it hard for everybody yeah, they, be on, they do be on some shit like, oh you know. my god we're gonna talk about that next though so you know but it's I, I think that's a beautiful example of just showing like the flow that's happening in your life because you're about to become a stepdad mm-hmm. you are a stepdad and then your children have a step parent and a new sibling and you know if you and your fiance decide to grow your family like it's just there's a lot of moving parts that are happening there's with the kids at the center, parts. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How do you feel about becoming a stepdad or being a stepdad? I love it. Like I, I, I take on that role, like with pleasure, you know, I, I want to, obviously don't, I'm not here to replace his dad. I'm just here to be another person to help guide him when his dad is not around. Right? Is when his father his... open to having you as a person that's impactful to their child? Well, that's a whole nother topic. Oh, know. damn. He just breathed. Uh oh. Okay. Know, you know, it, we don't have I, to go all the way there because maybe it's. It's a lot. It it's a lot right now. There's a lot going on with yeah. that right now. I'm I, I'm open to it. I'm always one to, even when I, before, I'm the person who's like, look, I'm I'm about to be spending time with your son. Like, let's yeah, have let's a conversation. Take, let's, let's, let's have, have a beer. Let's sit down. Let's go play golf. Let's, let's, let's talk turkey. Absolutely. But everybody's not ready at the same time we are, you know? I, I get that, man. And I, I get yeah. that. So I, I'm i going to be patient with somebody and I'm always going to be respectful and mindful, but I'm not going, I'm also not like a pushover either. Like I'm going to play my role as, as I'm not going to like try not to be around his son. When he, his son loves me and I love his son. Right? So, yeah. So I'm going to do my, my job as a That's got to be, how do you speak to dads that are having a difficult time accepting that there is another male figure in your child's life. And if you're not a custodial father, that means your child lives with mom, which means your child lives with this man. And this man is seeing your child more than you are. That's got to be a gut punch, That's you know, and, and do a lot to a male ego. I know mm-hmm. mama bears out here. They, they don't play games, but the male ego is, you know, sh- look at the state of the world right now. You dudes have done a bang up job. So mm-hmm. Down how down. do you, y'all yeah y'all y'all be on some bullshit again so <laughs> how what did it do give, well, give some advice to the man that is struggling with knowing that his child is going to have this other dude that he just might look to as a father figure get your shit well you, i'm sure you've been like, in that position right like, like your kids like my, what did you like, have to do? i had to i had to get over myself and realize that this shit ain't about me like, what's the alternative, right? Would you rather would you rather your your kid's mom be in and out of relationships, have different dudes coming in and out of your kid's life? Would you rather be in an abusive relationship with an abusive man who's around your kids? Would you rather somebody beating on your kids, some dude you don't know? Or would you rather have a positive male influence when you're not around? What would you rather have for your kids, right? Get over yourself. Are you who? Why would I want to? Why would I not want a positive influence around my kids? It's because of my ego ego period because of my ego and my own insecurities take your ass to therapy get over your own insecurities and your ego and be happy that there's a positive male around your kids and do whatever you got to do to get more time in your kid's life right so so have some 
take sit down with yourself and figure out how you got in the situation you in right now stop blaming other people stop just because what because blame blaming other people don't do shit for you all right what, what kind of action what kind of actionable steps are you going to take to get in a place where you want to be all right yeah because and and like i said like i much like i want to i want like my kids um my kid's mom, her boyfriend, we cool. Like he was like, he coached, he coached my kid's soccer team. Right? Yes. So, like, I, like, I want to know this dude. Like if you spend time around my kids, oh. I want to get to know you. Why would I, why yeah. would I want to have a negative relationship with you? That makes it so easy for the kids too. Cause they don't have to consider their parents' feelings. That's a big responsibility for a little baby to have, considering your drama and your feelings and your ego before they show love to people. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And you know, do yeah, you gotta do the you gotta do the work. You gotta do the inner work. And I think it's a lot of men that, like I said, that pride and ego get in the way. And and they think I've also met a lot of men, all right, if we're on a topic of men and like yes, being on some bullshit, right? <laughs> a lot of times. I've seen men get out of relationships where they were the one who cheated or they were the one who, you know, were the, you know, did wrong they in the relationship, up. right? They yeah. messed up. And then you want to get out of that relationship. And I think this is something that people don't talk about a lot when it comes to co-parenting, right? And how to make a co-parenting relationship work with two healthy people. You get out of a relationship after you were the wrong or in the wrong or cheated or did something egregious. And you just want to get to co-parenting. Right. You just like, all right, let's this is about let's get let's get right to co-parenting. That relationship is over. Yeah, I know I cheated on you and I had a baby on you. Um, and you can hear the baby crying in the background, but let's just start co-parenting. Let's just let's this this that's a pass. Let's get over that. All right. It was because yesterday. Oh yeah, that it was, was yesterday. yesterday. We on to the next <laughs> thing right now. Okay. Let's get over that shit. Did you forget <laughs> that you're dealing with a human being? Yeah. Right? You forget that there's a human being on the other side of this and that's that still has pain and hurt and like anger maybe some resentment like all that towards you can you address that and can you acknowledge that that exists can you own your shit can you can you say like yo i i know our relationship is over but i know i know i fucked up and i understand how this may have affected you all right and and i just want to i want to own that and i apologize whatever you like can you own your shit because i think once certain moms see that and it's not just about them it's that's something about your character, right? And if this is a man that cannot take ownership and responsibility for his actions, how does that affect his father, right? As a father, right? Like, how does that affect a woman's ability to just um, trust him? Right. It's like, okay, cool. You lied to me. You broke my heart. All right. We still got this human being to raise. But I think that, you know, that's why when you leave a job, you'll have an exit interview. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's just kind of talk about where we screwed up and what we did right and what we did wrong. Yeah. So then- but I commend any human being that is co-parenting or is in a romantic relationship with somebody and it ends bad or good. It ends. And they still are able to say, okay, yeah, here, you know, cause it's so easy to be like, well, you know what? You can't get your son because mm-hmm. I'm mad at you because yeah. you have harmed me or there's another woman that you've left me for. Okay. No, I don't want you guys. I don't want you over there with a new family picking up where you left off with me again. Right. I, 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 that's ego. Mm-hmm. I commend anybody though, that can just be like, it's not about me. I'm going to let the kids have this experience while I still mend my broken heart. Yeah. I, I agree with what you said with what you said though. It's a lot 
mending a broken heart, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I think we've all felt that feeling. And it's like a physical pain that you experience. But if you have the person that stuck the knife in your heart, mm-hmm. who was unapologetic, I, shit, man, I don't see how that's hard. It is hard. And it's not it's not that um, I'm saying that this is something that has to take place. Um, if you were hurt in a relationship, it is your responsibility to to get yourself together. Right. It's yeah. your responsibility. But it might help the relationship moving forward if the other person acknowledged what, what they what the role they played in that right it just it might be a little helpful <laughs> yeah um, yeah you know but you have to as the individual who was hurt you have to make sure that it does not become a mandatory part of your healing process um, yes that you get mandatory that i need so. you to apologize every time we talk i need you to tell me how good great of a mother i am i need you to tell me rem- just remind remind me that you're hurting and that right. you're sad too, and you can't show me that you're happy <laughs> and that right. you have not moved on, and you need to acknowledge my pain. Right. Like that's kind of what we get stuck in that cycle of victimhood, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about uh my favorite N-word. Wait, no, my favorite N-word is nausea. So my <laughs> my third favorite N-word, narcissists. You address them quite a bit on your page and in your work. You address them. And I feel like the internet has just saturated oh my god everybody mm-hmm. is, everybody's ex is a damn narcissist we're all experts now um but some of us some of us do have the opportunity to co-parent and coexist with these types of people and what is your most keen piece of advice for those of us that are that feel that we are co-parenting with a narcissistic human being most keen piece of advice i mean i just want your top thing there's a lot with this so the most keen just want one i just give me one Anthony. just give me one give me two give me two then and that's me it two. All right. <laughs> the, the first thing i'll say is that you you are not responsible for how this person behaves right and like so that guilt that Parent, I, I I see a lot of parents that experience guilt, right, from making the right decisions for their children when they're dealing with the narcissist. Make the right decisions if you've done if you've done your due diligence, and yeah. you've you've consulted who you needed to consult, and you put all your personal shit aside. Do what's right for your babies, right? When you're dealing with a narcissist, and don't feel guilty about what you're doing. All right, like if they don't, if, if you, if you're doing something and because they will, like you said, they will gaslight you. They'll make you Woo! feel like you are a horrible parent. Trash. They will make you feel like garbage. Right. If you've done your due diligence, just keep, keep doing what you got to do for the, for, you know, for your kids' well being. Yeah. And. Last one. Second one. Do your own work. I know we talked about it before, but do your own work. Get a coach, go to therapy because a narcissist can make, they can dig you back that you can, you can feel like you dug your climbed out of a hole and a narcissist will make you go dig yourself right back in there. Right. Like they, they will make you feel they can, they have the power or you give them the power to make you feel horrible, to make you feel like you're a bad parent, like you're a bad mother or father, or like yeah. you're not doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. And 
you you told yourself a hundred times I wasn't gonna get in a whole, I wasn't gonna get back into an argument with this person again. But then you went back and you got into an argument. I wasn't. Gonna, you got sucked back into you got sucked it. Back in. I wasn't gonna. I was. I'm, I'm about to stop explaining myself. And then, and boom, next thing they made you feel like crap, and you start explaining explaining yourself again. That like, same old pattern. Same old pattern. Do your work so you do not go back into those patterns. All right, because you would feel like you've made so so much progress, and then something could happen. You feel like you made no progress at all. Hmm. Good. And you gotta forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. I just released an ebook. Um, was it last week? And it's it was geared toward people that are uh, co-parenting in these high conflict situations. In my own work, I was starting to see how the I'm, I'm not gonna call them victims. Um, I was starting to see how some of my clients they handled this conflict because you know how you just said they can gaslight you then you're mad at yourself and then you're second guessing yourself i was like you know dealing with people like that it can really cause you to regress into that place of childhood trauma when you felt like you were not in control and you really go back to that childlike brain and you feel completely helpless and i was like really dealing with a conflicted a high conflict person will really um kick up the uh, dust off of some of that resolved and unresolved childhood trauma. So I was like, yo, we really got to do the work just to be like, listen, I am healed, but I'm coming across and like a person that is abnormal. Yeah. It's not normal to be nasty and want to fight all the damn time. Like you, yeah. you, you got to be a bitter yeah. bastard, you know, to yeah. just want to live in a state of, of chaos. You yeah. just got to be a foul person to do that. Yeah. Stop trying to reason with them. I guess another one. We could add one more. Stop Thank trying you. to reason. Yeah. Yeah, trying to reason with a narcissist, like they are not seeing things from a from a lens of reason and logic, right? It doesn't. They don't. They they're not capable. What you think makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you, right, if you think, hey, picking up the child at <laughs> instead of me coming to the school, both of us being at the school, why don't you drop them off on Friday and I pick them up on Monday? No, that is not <laughs> going to work. Well, why the hell not? Because I have to see my child. Yeah. I feel like, bruh, you can FaceTime. Like, calm down. Like, calm, really like relax. you suggested it and I would not do. <laughs> right. Be, really, it's because you suggested it. I, it is kind of a great idea, but I didn't come up with it. So now I'm not doing it. And mm-hmm. I don't care if what's if it's easiest yeah. for the kid. I don't care. Like, that's just not what we're doing. Nope. Yeah. So then as far as I want to kind of get back more into step parenting and okay. your, you, because you've kind of seen it on both sides. You've seen your children's mom have had to have to accept and learn to accept um a new uh, feminine energy in her children's Mm -hmm. life being impactful because i imagine it's got to be hard to watch someone that you once cared for who maybe you can't stand or maybe you're kind of just tolerating right now Mm -hmm. they are moved on and they're happy and they're giving this new person the things that you want damn if they just would have given me Mm -hmm. that or been that or done that we could have worked out I still could have kept my family together. My kid wouldn't be this so-called statistic. I would not look and feel like a public failure. You know, so that has to create some feelings of, um, even for a very balanced, healthy woman, Mm -hmm. it has to create some feelings of disdain, resent, um, the opposite of joy. Mm -hmm. So your children's mother has had to see you in that situation. And you've also had to watch her. She has a new baby. Mm -hmm. She has a partner now. And so you, as a man, you all had also had to be like, damn, she, she gated, she got a, a baby for this <laughs> other dude, like, um. And then you have it on both sides where your child, um, 
you are also dealing with somebody who is not as refined, whose ego is not as refined. And so they are having a bit of difficulty right now in this moment, not forever, mm-hmm. um, with accepting, yeah, hopefully, prayerfully. Oh, I just said a lot of things and I forgot the question. Y'all know I forget. I always forget the questions because I talk so damn long answering the question. So just, just I didn't ask you a question, but just start start talking off of what I just said. And start speaking to us. So, yeah. So yeah you, <laughs> you mentioned like, well, one of the things you mentioned was how, and I was going to, you, I was going to say something about this earlier about like, I think people get out of relationships and they, they see like somebody potentially happy in another relationship and they're like, yes. man, like now, like, I got all the bad part and they get the good version of this yeah. person. And yeah. like you and that's not always like that's not always the case. You that's not always what the case. What do you mean? Because it looks like it's the case. So it, what do you mean? Well shit. Like <laughs> just because it looked like it don't mean that's what it is. It may it may be, right? People grow and people evolve, and that may be the case. And like those things, BBLs, just because they look <laughs> like it don't mean they stay focused. Everything you see ain't real. So yeah. No shade you know, to BBLs though. No, no, no like, you don't know, mm-hmm. but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like if you, right. you know, um, so it's like, <laughs> one of the things, one of the questions I ask, I like to ask my client, like tell my clients to ask themselves is like, whenever you seeing a, whenever you thinking about why is something happening to me? Cause a lot of people ask themselves that question, like, why is this happening? Like, why is this yes. happening to me? Yes, and yes, yes. it's like, I, you really have to reframe that. That comes from, a, that, that question is, comes from a place of victimhood right the why is this happening to me you really have to reframe that and ask yourself like why did this have to happen and like when you ask yourself like why did this have to happen it comes from a place of like learning and perspective and gratitude why did this have to happen right because life will keep giving us the same lesson until we learn it man i've been smacked a few times with the same hand so so if i so if i lost lost my job like you if I lose my job, right, and I got to, you know, one of the things that I have to look at in the situation is, um, like, when I ask myself why this had to happen, I'm like, there's some people I know lost their job, and they had to come, and that, in, that, in that process, they started their podcast. In that process, they started their business. Or, in yeah. that, you know, something happened in that process. Mm. Right? And so if you ask us, like, and if you, if you would have been, like, why is this happening to me? You would have st- you would have stayed in that depressed state. You would have stayed yes. in, that, in that state of victimhood. And, and yeah, when you ask, yeah. like, yo, why did this have to happen? Well, now you like now you start creating ideas. Now you start mm. now you start moving forward. What it's is like, the opportunity that I mm-hmm. gained from this bad thing that what happened? What is to the me? opportunity? Right, like yeah. she, I didn't want to have any other kids. Right, um, she she did my ex. Mm. she has a she has another child now she got to grow her family with a man that didn't have a kid and wanted kids so you know why did this have to happen that's a good that's a great perspective you don't you you may not know the answer in the moment but at least gets it at least gets you seeking for answers in a progressive mindset right in Mm. a state of mindset where that's moving forward so you can start taking action in that direction all right, it doesn't keep you in that space of victimhood. So wow, she has a. a I love her little her little baby boy, and I love yes. that kid. Like every time I see him, I like he smiles and like I want to. Oh, so you kind of you can be like Uncle Anthony or something to him. You know, it's like <laughs> so. Does it? Are you guys at the point to where when your kids come in to and, and are they're with you that she sends their sibling to? Are you guys at that point yet? Is the sibling oh, old yet. enough? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. We, 
Okay. I'm like my fiance, she loves baby. She she wants to babysit the baby because she missed that. She yeah, she's like, I love the baby face. So one day, so then soon. Maybe yeah, maybe if they, if they if they if they open to it, like we open to it. I don't mind. Yes. Like I definitely babysit if, if she got something going on. Like bring send the baby over here. It's kind of cool because then your kids actually get to, get to have their little sister or brother there, and it's Absolutely. just it's like so much um, continuity between the households. I really love that that last thing that you just said. Why did this have to happen? You know, Anthony, if I could speak to you for like another hour, I completely would. Mm-hmm. But you know, I told you I was only only. I only hold you for an hour so but let's do this though let's do this um you and i are going to continue this conversation on my private forum vip stepmom so if you are a member of um my stepmom space then come on over there because anthony and i are going to continue the conversation and he'll be giving us some advice based on that but for those of you that are stopping the journey here with us on this particular show podcast hour i thank you so much for being here anthony can you tell everybody how they can find you how they hire you as a coach and find you on social media and all that good stuff find me on social media at the co-parenting coach on tiktok that's my biggest space right now that's the space i'm that's the space i'm in love with right now like well you're doing it you're doing your thing over there Um, so yeah the co-parenting coach on tiktok or you know go to the coparentingjourney.com um, you know, www.coparentingjourney.com and you can book a consultation with me through there or through TikTok. Those are my major spaces. And um, if you want to find me on Instagram, which I just started a new one for my co-parenting, I'm AJ, the co-parenting coach on okay. Instagram, which is, you know, a small account now, but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm like, it's not about, like, I don't care about numbers. Small, but mighty, you know, numbers, yeah. we get so convoluted. Oh, oh, what's man. your numbers like? You're like, dude, come on. I do not care about numbers. I care about yes. helping people. I care about changing lives. Um, I care about people being the best parents they can be and not ruining their kids' lives because they can't get over their mm. own shit. Get over our own shit, y'all. And then ask yourself, why did this have to happen? And on that note, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of I Know Our Crazy with Naja Hall. We are available everywhere your favorite podcasts are streamed, but I know this is your favorite podcast. I will see you Tuesday after next. Everywhere I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Now's your hall.